Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. This is Counterpoint. It's time to face off. Let's bring him in. Stephen LeDrew is a Toronto-based lawyer, broadcaster, former president of a former Liberal Party. And uh, Dennis Matthews, a conservative campaign strategist, VP of Marketing and Communications for Enterprise Canada, not to be confused with the car rental company. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi. Good to join you. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about trade. So I just chatted about the pharmaceutical part of it that, you know, we... The the real dollars and cents that people will actually feel in the deal of NAFTA. I mean, that's the kind of thing that real people will feel. But, you know, when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of the deal, and, and I'll start with you on this, Dennis, you know, because a lot of people are saying, what else would we have done? What what did we lose in this deal and what could we have done better? Sure. I think the the big fundamental mistake that the Trudeau government made here is they they spent the first. This has been going on for you know almost two years now, really, mm-hmm. from from when Trump was elected, and they spent the first year spending all of their time worried about progressive causes. I mean, you know, a chapter on gender and and other things that were sort of viewed as frivolous by the Americans, and just wasted a lot of time. In the meantime, you know, we saw a deal signed with Mexico. And it put Canada in a situation where we're up against a deadline, and and we had to sign. We lost leverage due to to losing time. And, you know, I I think even as a conservative, I, I look at the situation here, and this was a tough negotiation. Like, I don't think there was a scenario where, you know, Trump gets in and we get some sort of better deal. This was always about mm-hmm. how can we, you know, continue to the best that, that we can. I just feel like that the what we don't know and the unknown here is if we had to spend that time actually working mm-hmm. on a serious deal, could some of these smaller irritants that actually add up to end up costing, you know, families and businesses in our country a lot, could we have avoided them? And I think that's the big unknown. Yeah, I think one of those big unknowns is the uh, clauses that we're hearing about, like 32. And some are suggesting, uh, Stephen, that, you know, we lost um, lo- Canada's long term future to sign off on this deal because this clause gives America all the control in it. In other words, we don't really have sovereignty if we want to go and get Alex, new trade deals. There's no question that we lost some sovereignty in this deal. Yeah. Could there have been a better deal? Probably not. Uh, you don't think so? Would, would have been better if our uh, if our minister organizing or, or, or you know, negotiating this had not been going around the world giving speeches saying Donald Trump was you know, going down in history as one of the worst despots ever, and that uh, you know he was a terrible president. You don't call someone a rotten sob while at the same time you're across the table negotiating with his chief negotiator. I mean, our tactics throughout this. We're wrong. I think that, I, and I, I agree that, uh, you know, to start off with all these things, hopefully the government's learned, you know, that you don't try to impose your crazy values on another government in the sense that talking about Aboriginal rights and, you know, uh, gender neutrality. And I remember when the two of them came out in Canada and said, this is what we are going to negotiate. And I looked at that along with some other people and said, you guys have to be kidding. What yeah. are you smoking up there before it's legal? <laughs> I mean, it really is they were so silly, so but, innocent to do this. But politically, I, I, yeah. it's a win. I, well, I do oh, think what the one. I do think the one thing that took me by surprise here, and as we're finding out the details, and it's this clause I think you're referring to, I think it's clause number 32, where uh, you know Canada sort of needs prior approval to engage in free trade. We have to ask trade, the permission you know, of the United getting, States getting if we want to get a deal with China. Yeah, like, and <laughs> and you know what? What where this you know, took me off guard, but what what you know what I find most disturbing about this is part of the mess that we ended up getting in on this is the Trudeau government spent time early after Trump was elected pursuing a free trade agreement with China and sort of with much fanfare, and and yeah. and they failed at it. But but it was also like China was a, cu- a country that Trump was 
was essentially campaigning against during his election campaign. And here we were sort of seeing ourselves as aligning with them on, on trade. And it's no wonder this thing got off to a rough start, you know, a year and a half ago when we were spending our time focused on a deal with China that was never going to happen in the first well, I place. Agree. It was, we got off to a rough start and we continued on a rough start. On the other hand, it's time Canada grew up. It's time, and we should have done this years ago, instead of just looking for the United States as a big market because it's close, because they you know, protect us from all the bad guys in the world, we should have been out there saying we want a free market with with, India? With, oh, I don't know. How'd that go? <laughs> we were, and we went dancing we, and made asses of ourselves. I know, but we should have had right. one. We should have right. had a better deal. We should yep. have had one with Japan. We 100%. should have been going with all of the, you know, Indonesia, all of these, you know, um, Asian countries and other separate, uh, you know, sort of secular countries. Mm-hmm. We should be making these deals instead of sitting there, you know, sucking up to the states all the time. And we know we know that you know Trump. While I think he's doing some very good things in the United States, he is crazy. Sure, <laughs> he's yeah. crazy. I mean, last week he was saying Trudeau was the worst thing uh, since ever, and this week he's saying, "Well, he's a good guy, doing a great job." Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I mean, the worst thing you want to be in Washington is a friend of Donald Trump, because you know next week he's going to kick you in the gonads. Yeah, but the point is he owns our gonads, and well, now we, that's the deal we did. Now he owns more of them. Yeah. All right, let's talk about what happened in Quebec, because uh, it seems it is clear that there is a swing back to the right across this country. Um, but this is a... Right? Well, what? Is it to the right, or well, is it just to some common sense? Have well, they- well, okay, well, common sense. But th- this is going to prove problematic and a challenge for Trudeau, because Quebec rejected this, in part, this globalist approach to things like immigration. And it is clear they don't like that approach. I'll start with you on this, Dennis, because he's going to have to work with them, and the CAC has made it uh, clear they are going to reduce those numbers, and it's going to force Mr. Trudeau to go against his, you know, diversity is our strength, and actually maybe solve something. Yeah, I mean, there, there basically has not been an election since Trudeau was elected that sort of went his way in in, in a big in a big fashion. I mean, you have you know whether it's Ontario here, Quebec, uh, New Brunswick now, you know, Alberta is sort of on the brink here. BC going at, going NDP. He's he's sort of and Trump in, in instead of Clinton in, in the United States, and it sort of forced him to you know rethink his approach on on so many things. The carbon tax obviously comes to mind, but mm-hmm. when you look at at Quebec here, I think. Where in Ontario, it was the carbon tax was a big thing that caused him a problem. In Quebec, it's going to be immigration. And, you know, it, it's both immigration in terms of, you know, how many people are coming in and his overall, as you say, sort of his global approach, but also dealing with the border. Sure. And he's he's going to go from a government that was sort of a quiet ally. And, you know, even though they weren't necessarily cheering him on, they were kind of letting the situation degrade yeah. to a government that, that sort of is going to see some political advantages to to fighting him on it. And when you add in Ontario here, you certainly got... You know, a majority of the population in the country, uh, their their elected representatives sort of fighting with Trudeau on this, and it's going to be a real headache for him as he comes as he approaches yeah, 2019. You know what? It's going to be a headache for him. It's going to be a headache for people who are normal people in Canada. On the other hand, it could actually help Trudeau because what they're going to do, I think, over the next years, 12 months till the next election or till the election date, they're going to be saying we need to counteract all these right wing whack jobs. They won't be saying that word, right? Well, but he's going to be saying that, Stephen, in both Ontario and in Quebec, the two provinces. So he's going to have to go up against Ford, who has already said, we're not paying for your mess. You've got two provinces that are dealing with the crisis. And now... He, they're going to both be demanding I, a you, you know, pay we're for going it. To have Saskatchewan, I, or we're going to have BC. Not on the immigrate, not on the migrant issue. Not but, on, not you know, on I that. do, but I do understand this. You know, there's there can be political advantages to campaigning against people, and if yeah. you can find a way yeah. to campaign against these premiers, sure. Except he actually needs people who voted 
for uh, Doug Ford's PC party in Ontario, mm-hmm. and these people who voted for the CAC in Quebec, to actually vote for him federally. So you can only take it so far when you're going against these people. Yeah, well, and he's already lost dairy farmers. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's lost dairy farmers. But, I mean, they should be lost. Consumers won on that yeah, one. As far sure. as, you know, when you go back to this... this free trade agreement. We need to have, like NAFTA slid off the tongue. Yeah. We need to have a good word, <laughs> a good name, you know, baby NAFTA. Can we not really, call that, it, that's the we'll issue just call here. it Trumka. Trump, yeah. like, Trump, uh, there's I mean, got to be something like... You know, USMCA. There you go. If we had, if we had changed these words around, I know. And it, if it was Mexican, US, Canada, mm. so it was Muska. Muska. No, that would ne- the Mexicans Muska. could never go first. No. Well, you know you what? I mean, it sounds better, though. You could have do it Kuzma. I mean, yeah. like, there's... Well, <laughs> that, and Canada's never, never going to be first either. We need yeah. a consonant in front of the U.S., though, yeah. to call this agreement. But, I mean, the, the bottom line on this thing is that Canada, I think, it's going to take... It's going to take months, if not years, to sort out sure. whether, in fact, we won on this thing or not. But from the first blush on this thing, um, and they, their backs were up against the wall. Mm-hmm. But there's no question. They gave up a lot. Yeah. Could they have done better? Well, if you didn't go and dump on on Trump, perhaps, but right now, it's probably the best deal they could have gotten. Yeah, there you go. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Let's uh, continue with Counterpoint. We got Stephen Lowe, Drew, Dennis Matthews weighing in on the hot topics of the day. Uh, quickly want to touch off on uh, Doug Ford vowing to scrap uh, a key liberal labor reform policy uh, that hiked the minimum wage severely, uh, gave workers a lot of protection. And this wasn't just a one-time hit to businesses. This is a, a policy that increased labor costs right across the board as far as tax uh you know, payroll taxes, holidays, it really small businesses were very, very uh, hurt. But the opposition, for whatever reason, was caught off guard by this. And Labor is steaming mad, promising to fight back. But Stephen, he campaigned on this. And if the bill is flawed, we should get rid of it and redo it properly, no? Well, there's no question that the bill was flawed. The law is flawed as the Liberals passed it. And I, I am very much in support of raising the minimum wage uh, of people who were the working poor, people who work for rich companies mm-hmm. who got rich on their backs. If you go into, for instance, um, a, um, I can't say the proper name of it, but a large franchise shop in mm-hmm. this city, and the owners are all millionaires. I know them. They're all millionaires, and the people that work in those stores are getting $13, $11, $12 an hour, and they're making millions. They're making it on the backs of the working poor. So for those situations, I think it's proper to raise a minimum wage. For a, a convenience store around the block where there's a couple working incredible hours, and they want to hire one or two persons to work uh, on uh, for to reduce those hours, to work on weekends, to help them with the stock and things like that, they should not have to pay a higher minimum wage. In other words, it should have been, it should have been put in, in a place applicable to only rich companies. Yes, but and that would have... No, the government screwed it up. Well, they rushed it through to outflank well, the NDP. Did, well, they, did, they didn't do any cost-benefit analysis, Dennis, and so I don't know why any opposition would be... I don't know why they're so f- shocked and outraged. Um, oh. He campaigned saying he was going to do something about this. But second, you know, where I, I just find so it, it's crazy on, on all these issues where like, liberals brought in a bill at the end of their, their mandate of their government. And, you know, here you have basically months or you know, a year or two later, uh, it's suddenly being uh, it's being reviewed. And it's like we can't imagine a world where we would go back to how it was for all of time before it. 
And, you know, th- things were fine in Ontario uh, before this bill came in. They'll be fine afterwards when it gets changed or, re- or removed or, or whatever they end up doing. And I don't think we need to approach everything as it's sort of hysteria if something the Liberals did gets uh, gets changed by Doug Ford. And But you know what? On minimum wage, I think, you know, you, you, you've seen here that they're not rolling back minimum wage to, to what no, it was they're before. they're going to tweak they're, the regulations. They're, they're a bunch of regulations around that were harming business in this province. And, you know, Ford's entire campaign was sort of built around this province to make, you know, Ontario open for business again. It's not surprising he's implementing policies that are, you know, making sure Ontario is open for business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, forget the shock. Is what you're saying? I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, for people to say, "Whoa, how we, how can you do that?" Well, yeah. you know, it's a different government, right? Different policies, yeah. and people voted for that. If they didn't change things, they'd be booted out uh, as soon as people could do it. All right, let's talk a little bit about um, Donald Trump and uh, his mm. defense of Brett Kavanaugh. Um, and he was asked about his comments today uh, about Mr. Kavanaugh as the FBI continues its investigation. And here's what he said to reporters. Take a listen. It's a very scary time for young men in America when you can be uh, guilty of something that you may not be guilty of. This is a very, very, this is a very difficult time. What's happening here has much more to do than even the appointment of a Supreme Court justice. It really does. You could be somebody that was perfect your entire life and somebody could accuse you of something. All right. So it, it, this is not really about your hate for, for Trump. And it's not even for me at this point about Kavanaugh. The point is that we are watching history in the making. And Dennis, uh, if I'm a guy, I'm kind of feeling a little nervous about what the hell I did in high school. That's going to lead to my demise. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I understand where, where the president's coming from. And, and you know, I think it, it'd be fair to say he's probably got a lot of people who, who would, uh, you know, I think a lot of them privately would, would share his his viewpoint. You know where I where I um, you know sort of differ on this a little bit is the whole you know the whole Me Too movement and we've sort of been going through this for the last year and a bit has exposed some terrible people who are mm-hmm. doing terrible things mm-hmm. and you know I sort of put that in one category. Next, I imagine like you know it's it seems unlikely that a lot of women would come forward and sort of it you know do what's been happening through Kavanaugh just for the sport of it. Well, for the some fun of them of it are. There's no question that there's some no question there's some yeah. politics on that on yeah. that aspect, but you know I don't. Uh, you know, and I know people that say, well, you need to believe believe victims. Well, I think we've got a uh, justice process that actually has to be followed and we should believe evidence and, you know, believe the whole the whole in the whole judicial system and, and the rule of law. But, you know, where where it where it is getting out of hand is when politics gets intersected on top of all this. Well, it's not and, politics. You know, it's, it's a celebrity thing, too. I mean, you know, so, yeah. somebody wants to get their, you know, their face in the paper on the TV news, on radio. And they just go out and make an accusation, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the world seems to believe them. The mm-hmm. other thing is, who wants to go into public life? No kidding. I yeah. mean, so this guy drank some beers in university. I, I, I remember back to my law school <laughs> classes. Yes. I don't know anybody who didn't drink. <laughs> yeah. Right, but did, did, but did you flash anybody? I mean, the, some of the allegations, I, I'm like, I don't know well, a I, guy. I know. <laughs> well, this, what this I mean, is, is, is everybody to be responsible for the things that someone said they did when they're 17 years old, clearly yeah. now that is the case. But as far as Kavanaugh, you know what? It's, it's like Martha Stewart. It's yeah. like uh, Scooter. All these American officials who went to jail, it's not going to be the original accusation. It's going to be the lying in the investigation. Yeah. Death by I, a thousand. You know, I think Kavanaugh it's... is going to have to step down. I think yeah. Trump is also probably going to cut him a new one and say, hey, buddy, it's been shown now that you lied. 
I, you know, I do, I, I do think, you know, Stephen made one, a, a really good point in there on, on the type of people who are going to put their names forward for, for public office. And, you know, you're always going to have people who want to be celebrities and, and they'll accept the risks and rewards that come with that. But when you get people for a Supreme Court justice or when you get people who are running for elected office and we, and we want high quality people who, yeah. you know, aren't, didn't always have the most perfect polished lives and just, you know, you actually want people who've lived life and experienced things. And, you know, and if we're going to, and if we're going to be in a world where you can never have, have, you know, done anything that's even, you know, you, you can't, in this case, turn an ice cube at somebody at a bar or, you know, had some beers in, in university. And if that becomes a disqualifying factor for running for elected office, you know, that's that's a huge problem. And it's also a huge problem well, if you don't a get a fair when hearing we, when, when you go When we weaponize stuff. unsubstantiated yeah. allegations, I mean, and it can happen, it will circle around and come back to women because literally you could say anything now about anybody mm-hmm. and take them out because that's apparently the society we are encouraging. Yeah. We've been watching it unfold for a week. Sorry. Alex, it's the media's fault. Well, I think everyone takes a role in the responsibility. Kavanaugh was not wrong when he said, forget about me and all this stuff. What is happening to our nation? And and Canada's the same. He's a smart jurist. Well, well, yeah. I mean, we are undermining the very most important um, aspect of a civilized yeah. No, and, 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 no, and in this case in particular, I mean, I, I watched it. I mean, I watched the whole thing yeah. live, and and you know, you watched, you watched, uh, you watched her, the you know, the accuser, and you watched him, and and you know, I got to say, I found both actually of credible. Course. And so when it's all done, you got to look at the evidence, and that's what our system is actually supposed to do, and that's how well, you're she's, supposed she's to be. She's been used. Judged. She's been she's been treated like a political pawn. So I feel for yeah. her. Um, I want to ask you about this because I haven't been able to get to this today, and I tried <laughs> last night. But California is now the first state that is requiring women be put on. Company boards and yeah. <laughs> you just know Moonbeam. what's that? Look who's doing it, Moonbeam. Well, well there, you, Moonbeam. there you go. But you can almost count on uh, Prime Minister Moonbeam no, and, in, in, in no, Mr. And, Trudeau and, doing and it why, here. I'm actually curious that's why you're bringing this up because you're raising it in the Kadia media. He's going to see this now and he's going to well, bring it here. It will happen here. <laughs> yeah. The question is, should it? Yeah, yeah. You know, government's got to stay. <laughs> government's got to stay out of private business. Like, and you look at California. I mean, this is a this is a state that has created so much wealth for the, for America and for the world, and some of the most successful companies in the history and of sort broke. of commerce. <laughs> no, but but in here they are kind of regulating these yeah. these companies. We should learn from them. Yeah, but you know what the market should do that, and it is doing it. When you, I, I know of institutions that were male only. And pretty soon some uh, female lawyers said, well, we aren't going to deal with these restaurants institutions. And they turned around very fast and said, okay, females on, on the board. I mean, some of these companies who say we're only male-dominated, if they went to the market, became pu- you know, public on that, they would soon change their tune or else they'd go out of business. You don't need government to tell people what to do on that. No, and as a woman, frankly, I don't want a job that I'm just getting because I fill a number. But I think that would be embarrassing. And I think most women would be embarrassed to find out I only got that gig because... Yeah, but then you have a government you know, just looking out there pandering for votes. Oh, imagine that. Which is why. Imagine yeah. that. Can you imagine that? Imagine that. We just lost a trade deal over that. Imagine that. You think for a second that's going to come up in the next 12 months federally. Yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? Well, look, lot, as I said to Alex before, a lot of these companies would benefit from having uh, women on their board. Absolutely. They should do it on their own. Yeah. And they should, they should smarten up and do it on their own. Yeah. But, I mean, to have the government do it, it's just, ugh. It's yeah. terrible. It is yeah. icky. It's going to be an issue. All right, guys, leave it there. Thank you very much, Stephen LeDrew, Dennis Matthews. Always a pleasure. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.